Welcome to Aging Better in Uncertain Times. I'm Gord Martineau, in studio, alongside Dr. Fabio Varlese. Here, we help you keep informed and up-to-date on the latest in science, medicine, and technology that helps us all age better in these uncertain times. I predict that the flu, if, if you're not vaccinated, and the many cold viruses will be considered COVID until proven otherwise. The strain that this will bring on to the healthcare system is significant. And so as we grow older, you know, our immune system gets weaker. So then, you know, the likelihood of, you know, the serious complications of infectious diseases is much higher. But also in COVID, we've got to remember that those with underlying conditions, and by that I mean diabetes, heart condition, lung conditions, yeah. they're also at greater risk. Uh, when you look at Canadians in general, and especially adult Canadians, the vast majority of them think they're up to date with respect to their adult vaccines. But when you actually look into it, most of them aren't, uh, over 95%. Aging better in uncertain times, brought to you by Juul 88.5, L'Oreal, Avicana, and Sanofi Pasteur, in part through an educational grant. Thanks for joining us on our weekly guide into living better, healthier lives so that we can all experience aging better in these uncertain times. Throughout this series, we're going to examine the best ways to prepare ourselves for the future. What's the best advice for our overall health? We're going to look at every aspect affecting your life, and that means physical, mental, financial, nutritional, and medical. We'll cover all the bases. To do that, we'll supply you with high-value information from the leading experts in each field. And by that, I don't mean just everyday opinions. We'll be introducing you to the leading experts in each field, men and women who've studied, worked, and who teach at the highest levels. You have questions, we have the answers. Today, we examine immunization, vaccines, and influenza, especially important in this age of coronavirus. Joining me now in studio is Dr. Fabio Varlese, a medical specialist in internal medicine and geriatric medicine. He's the vice president of medical affairs and chief of staff at Runnymede Hospital, staff specialist at Baycrest Health Sciences. Dr. Varlese is also the assistant professor at the University of Toronto. Fabio, how important is it that people be focused? I guess, you know, top of mind right now is COVID-19. So we need vaccines and we need, you know, uh, medicines that will help us ward off these problems. What is your say on, on the importance of these things? Well, first of all, keeping healthy. And uh, we do know that uh, this virus, and the same is valid for any other virus or bacteria. Um, uh, keeping healthy is truly a focus. And the concept of wellness, as you pointed out, is, yeah. is a major uh, issue. Um, people need to look at what they're eating, how they're eating, the amounts of food and calories they're taking in, whether they're, they're physically active or not. How are they um, living their day-to-day, -day, especially during these tough times, uh, stress does play a major role uh, yeah. uh, in how well our immune system responds to uh, these types of infections. And therefore, lifestyle um, habits do matter in maintaining the, the type of good health that then trickles down 
in your immune system. So lifestyle is something that, you know, that we don't pay a heck of a lot of attention mm. to when we're young because, hey, we're going to live forever, right? Everyone right. thinks, you know, I'll deal right. with that at some point later in my life. But as you approach, let's say, as you move into your 50s, you start thinking about, well, you know, retirement's on the horizon somewhere. And then, you know, as you hit 60, it becomes more and more of a reality. So lifestyle and health are extremely important as you move into your later years because they will have an effect on, on how you spend your life in those years, correct? That is so true. Um, I always advise, you know, to develop those habits early on, but it's never too late. Mm -hmm. And therefore, it doesn't really matter, uh, you know, uh, where you're at, what age. Um, it is crucial to simply start looking at this seriously. And um, I counsel patients in that are aging every day. Yeah. And I always dedicate a little portion of my time to uh, those lifestyle habits that will um, give them extra opportunity for uh, health right. maintenance and protection. We also have with us today a PhD, and she is the Secretary General of the International Federation of Aging, Dr. Jane Barrett. Jane, welcome to the program today. We're delighted to have you with us. And let's talk about COVID-19 in particular. Uh, the World Health Organization, uh, as early as, as April 2020, uh, said that you know, the, the lion's share or 90% of the people who succumb to COVID-19 and die because of it are 60 or older. Why is that especially a factor, the age? Oh, well, it's good to be with you this morning. Thank you. Um, look, you know, as we grow older, you know, our immune system becomes weaker. That's a natural process. And I just want to pick up on a point of your previous speaker. You know, we start aging at birth. It's not when we're 20 or 30 or 40 or 50. We're, it's, it's a whole process that we're undergoing. And so as we grow older, you know, our immune system gets weaker. So then, you know, the likelihood of, you know, the serious complications of infectious diseases is much higher. But also in COVID, we've got to remember that those are the underlying conditions. And by that, I mean diabetes, heart condition, lung conditions. Yeah. They're also at greater risk. So, so it's not only age, it's also other factors, Gord. So it's a, a kind of a molecular situation, uh, Fabio and Jane, uh, that, that as you age, certain aspects of your health begin to decline. You become more susceptible to outside influences. Well, there's no doubt. Um, you know, the opportunity for chronic disease starts uh, showing up. And uh, if the way we've been living has been uh, inconsiderate of, uh, uh, of this, uh, it will eventually develop into the chronic diseases that, um, that increase our chances of morbidity, meaning the opportunity to become sick and to land in the hospital and mortality. And on top of everything else, as, as we um, retire, uh, these numbers seem to spike up because we, there's a, an element of losing uh, purpose. So the psychological uh, indicators are also extremely important. We need to find purpose at any stage in our, of our life. Jane, would you say it's fair that, you know, when we're in our younger years, we've got to pay attention to the people who keep saying, you know, you've got to look ahead to your later years and, and you know, really take care of your health? Oh, look, of course, but nobody ever does. You know, so it's actually got to be a moment by moment um, practice. And, and I like the idea that we can do this at any time. We can start right now. Stop with the sugar or stop with the Coca-Cola. We can, we can change it right now. 
And I also agree with the comment about, you know, her, um, you know, a, a world-renowned Okinawan study in Japan, you know, one of the critical elements for long life, purpose. Mm. Well, Jane, that's a great insight. And, and as I mentioned, we have the leading experts in, in, uh, in geriatric medicine and uh, healthcare, et cetera, with us today. We have you, Jane. We have uh, Fabio Varlesi. But we also have with us um, a, a distinguished individual, uh, an adjunct professor, an associate professor in the School of Pharmacy at the University of Waterloo. And he was appointed at the Leslie Dan Faculty of Pharmacy at the University of Toronto. And John Papastergio, you're with us today. Give us your insights, John. First of all, welcome. And give us your insights on the importance of vaccines, flu shots, and all of the things that we should be looking at as we move into our later years. Yeah, it's great to be here. And a great question. It's a very timely question, actually, because it looks like a vaccine for this year's flu program will be available early next week. So we're about to launch the Universal Immunization Program here in Ontario. And I urge everyone to get their flu shot, especially in a year like this, where uh, we, we have challenges around the, the COVID pandemic already. We want to try to prevent as much flu uh, as possible. Uh, as you get older, I think the other guests have mentioned it, your immune system starts to wane a little bit. Its ability to fight infections uh, naturally kind of starts uh, uh, to disappear. And what we want to do is give it a boost. And we do that uh, with vaccines. Uh, uh, when you look at Canadians in general, and especially adult Canadians, the vast majority of them think they're up to date with respect to their adult vaccines. But when you actually look into it, most of them aren't. The vast majority aren't. Over 95% aren't. So uh, it's so important to have those discussions around vaccines with your physician, with your pharmacist. Uh, you know, community pharmacies now are offering almost all uh, uh, the vaccines uh, they're convenient, they're accessible. There's no real reason why uh, you shouldn't be getting your vaccines. Fabio, I mean, how do you convince someone, the, 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 the wise, you know, how smart it is to get the proper vaccines, no matter what your ailment is? Because as we age, we have more and more significant medical problems. So what do you say to people? Well, uh, this is a, a daily problem. Uh, I think that in medical practice, uh, m many clinicians uh, struggle, you know, trying to convince and counsel uh, patients into receiving these much needed vaccinations, especially mm -hmm. as we age. And uh, this year, more than ever, um, the uh, vaccination for the flu is, is a must. I predict that the flu, if, if you're not vaccinated, and the many cold viruses will be considered COVID until proven otherwise. The strain mm. that this will bring on to the healthcare system is significant. Therefore, we must more than ever understand that this is first and foremost for your own health. But then um, the, 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 uh, the volume of cases that could land the hospital for the flu, yeah. you know, will be considered COVID until proven otherwise. There's going to be a, a strain on the hospital care, care system that can reflect back on our community. So this is serious. Yeah. Jane, we're, we've been hearing about a double dose or a higher dose or, or what, what, is the, uh, what is the actual term here that, uh, that affects older people, that they're being encouraged to take a stronger dose of, of flu vaccine? Sure, it's called a high dose, high, high dose, dose vaccine, and okay. I'm I'm not the medical doctor here, but certainly some provinces 
have funded a high dose. And I think it's important, Gord, that we actually acknowledge that, you know, there are different schedules in each province and that makes it very confusing. And so it is important to have the conversation. But also it's important for us to think vaccination across the life course rather than, you know, vaccines of babies, you know, women, etc. So the high-dose vaccine is very important because it gives the person, as John said, you know, that boost to the immune system. Many people think that they don't need it because I'm healthy, I don't need that. But what it does is it protects us against this important infectious disease. And John, you deal with people on the retail level. I mean, you're involved with Shoppers Drug Mart. You have several of your own locations in downtown Toronto. So you have conversations with people, elderly people, probably a a large part of your clientele. How do you convince them that, A, the flu vaccine is a good thing to consider and and you should get it? And then how do you tell them, look, you should get a higher dose? Because, you know, they they may be somewhat suspicious of of vaccines. And, you know, as you get older, you're, you're somewhat mistrustful of everything you hear. What do you talk to them about? Yeah, there. Yeah, that's a great question. And there is a very much this anti-vaccine movement. We see it more and hear it more in the U.S., but it's permeating into Canada. Uh, And it's something we have to address as, you know, frontline healthcare providers. A couple of things here. First things, the the flu zone, the high dose flu vaccine will be available in community pharmacies this year. This is the first year that that's going to happen. Historically, uh, seniors would have to go to their physician's offices to get that vaccine. John, when you say seniors, do you mean someone 60 or older or at what point do you take the higher dose? Yeah, 65 years of age or older uh, is the indication here uh, in Canada. And the idea here with the high-dose vaccine, it it has four times the antigen uh, that a normal-dose vaccine would have. Uh, And the theory behind it is we know the seniors, it's more difficult for them to mount an immune response. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we're giving them a little bit of boost so their immune system recognizes that antigen and creates antibodies uh, to it. Another aspect uh, with the flu zone or the high dose vaccine, uh, it's weighted a little bit more heavily to a strain of the flu called H3N2, which is much, much more prevalent uh, in the seniors population and causes a lot more morbidity and mortality. So this is kind of how I push the seniors towards the flu zone. The reality is many of them know about this. They know it's probably gonna be in short supply this year with everything going on. Based on what we saw in the Southern hemisphere, 30% more vaccine was administered and the demand was much, much higher. So another aspect of this court is we're also uh, uh, doing COVID testing in some sites uh, uh, for asymptomatic patients. So uh, the traffic uh, through these pharmacies is going to be enormous and we're going to manage it the best we can. So the other part of the question about how do you convince them? Yeah. I mean, it's not easy and it it, it means different things to different people. So you got to kind of find that one and you have to talk to people resonates. in very plain terms. You know, you can't use yes. a lot of, you know, uh, highfalutin verbiage for want of a better expression. You've got to talk to them, you know, one-to-one, as it were, right? Yeah. The, the number one uh, thing I hear, I'm in the Greek town on the Danforth era, and I, I, I hear a lot of things, but I, I got the flu shot last year, and I've never been more sick. You know, you hear that all the time. And, yeah. and people, you know, confuse the flu with the common cold with strep, with other things. And I always tell them, listen, if you had the flu, you would have been out for two weeks. 
if you didn't die, you're lucky you got the, the flu shot, you know? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times you may still get the flu, yeah. but it attenuates uh, uh, how bad yeah. uh, the symptoms are for you. And with respect to the high-dose vaccine, yeah. we see a 24% increase in the e efficacy compared to the the other quadrivalent vaccine. Or so today. anytime you have the ability to use something stronger to ward off the flu, you should take advantage of it. Fabio, you brought up a good point earlier about if people don't get a flu shot then you know, and they get the flu, they're going to put an extra strain on, all, on our already overburdened healthcare system because they're going to end up in the hospital. And we need those spaces and those treatments for people who maybe uh, come down with COVID-19. That is correct. Uh, you know, uh, and that's why uh, it's crucial uh, for all Ontarians and Canadians to listen very carefully uh, uh, to this incredible and very important uh, information. Um, it's not just about them. It's about the community at large. It's not just about their families. It's, it's how their behaviors will reflect on others yeah. and how that will trickle down in the emergency rooms and and those much needed ICU beds for very serious cases, you know, need to be protected. And um, and so, yes, that's definitely. A so, Jane, uh, seniors can actually lead by example, uh, going to get their flu shots, even the high dose version. And, and, you know, spread the word and talk to their families about it, because seniors obviously have children, grandchildren and so on. And so they can spread the word. Correct. Yes, they can be the leaders of an intergenerational movement around uh, influenza vaccine. Mm -hmm. And and what we need to remember, Gord, is that, you know, influenza, the complications are so serious that someone elderly may not return to their function, you know, pre, pre-infection. Yeah. So some people are more likely to have a heart attack. Some people are more likely to be you know, so incapacitated that they will actually have to go into long-term care. Mm. So the, the serious complications of influenza, yeah. you know, are such that we all have to line up. And could I just uh, a big call out to pharmacies? You know, that is the, the simplest way for an older person to get their vaccination this year. And why not line up? Now's the time. So I would say grandparents around Canada, be the first there and take your grandchildren and children. Good advice. And, and John, you've got, you uh, have a COVID testing situation now that, at Shoppers, and we know that, we've heard about that. But that's people who are asymptomatic. How do you convince people to say, to, to come in and, and get tested? I mean, if you're asymptomatic, obviously you don't have the symptoms. So how do you, you know, get motivated to go in and, and have a COVID test? Gord, I've never seen a demand for a service like this in my career. We were yeah. actually surprised by the volume. I'm one of the uh, 62 pilot stores that's offering the service. So it is for asymptomatic patients that belong to uh, a, a, a high priority groups. So these are patients that are either traveling, uh, are visiting people in long-term care, or living in long-term care, or, uh, you know, go to homeless shelters. So there's set criteria. So we're trying to uh, make sure that symptomatic patients don't show up for you know, first things yeah. first, we don't uh, need them in a high-risk setting like a pharmacy. But there seems to be such a, a demand, even in these high-priority groups, that we're uh, screening patients by telephone. We're setting up a set appointment time, and we're encouraging them to come, get their test, and leave. It's, uh, uh, you know, yeah. we're under social distancing re restrictions as well. We can't have over 55 people in the store. So imagine the traffic this is generating. Yeah. But we're, the goal here is to pull some of the... Uh, uh, stress off the uh, traditional assessment centers that were showing really, really yeah. long wait times. And I think we've done that. I'm uh, 
I'm doing, I'm approaching about a hundred tests a day now. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, definitely a service. How that, quick that do you get needed. the results? Yeah, that's the challenge right now. I think the labs are a little backlog. It seems like yeah. the turnaround times around four days. Okay. Uh, three or four days. Uh, and we were hoping for 48 hours, but right now that's not materializing. Yeah. So, Fabio, th- this is a bit of a conundrum here. I mean, you have people who have symptoms, people don't have symptoms. You know, if you're asymptomatic, how do you know you're asymptomatic? I mean, this is one of the problems that, you know, that how do you know you're not carrying or, or that you can't transmit or you can? Well, usually a person who is asymptomatic uh, may feel worried about getting tested because they may have been in a situation that could have put them at risk, mm-hmm. um, whether uh, going out uh, in a social gathering. And many times, even despite following all the rules, they may develop a worry, a fear that they may have it. So it's, again, they don't have the symptoms you know, and but they may have the fear of a possible exposure. So will but will a test say, okay, you're asymptomatic, but you do have certain qualities where you could be transmitting this this problem? Well, it's very interesting uh, to say this. As the, the same thing is for the flu. Like, yeah. you know, the, 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 the week or two before actually showing your symptoms of flu, you are still, you can still give uh, the virus to another individual. Yeah. And so um, asymptomatic patients, and and this is still being debated a lot among various academic uh, groups, you know, how contagious are you even as an asymptomatic person? That is why it is crucial the moment an exposure did happen is that that individual uh, place themselves in quarantine, call Ontario Public Health, you know, do all the things that uh, protect others. This is where we get into contact tracing. Correct. And that's how we get a a stranglehold on this COVID-19. That is correct. Right. Uh, Jane, um, getting a flu shot, and, and, you know, being tested for COVID are things that seniors have to know and have to deal with at some point because, you know, obviously from the stats that we've seen and, and the number of fatalities we've seen associated with COVID-19, people over 60 are much more vulnerable to the, uh, to the effects of COVID-19. Look, they are, Gord, but I think we've got really mixed messages in the community at the moment, mm-hmm. um, you know, because if you look at the stats now, and it was just last week, 69% of, uh, of those that were diagnosed were under the age of 40. So someone's doing something right and yeah. someone's not taking care. Mm-hmm. You know, we go back to test, trace, isolate. Um, and those three words are key. Um, and we know the evidence is so strong. Wear that mask. Put it on. Yes. Um, and please, can you just not put it on your head? Or can you put it on, you know, so it covers your nose? Yeah, yeah, you, know, you know, you see people walking around with the mask, uh, you know, on their chin yes. or like you say, over their head or hanging from one ear. I mean, it's, yes. it's, it's not offering any protection at that point. Yeah, look, it's no protection at all. Um, and it's not even a fashion statement anymore, Gord. Yeah. So, you know, older people are showing the way, you know, let's all take responsibility. And that means you know, from the little ones all the way through, because that's how we fight and win against this COVID. John, when do you think we're going to move into a situation where testing is, you know, 
not maybe not immediate, but takes 15, 20 minutes because there are tests out there that are being developed where you get the results and it's, and it's a blood test, which is a turnoff for some people because you have to prick your finger. But still, you, you know, the, the results are much more immediate. When are we going to get to that point, do you think? Yeah, I think not too far away. I think uh, I do a lot of my academic work is in the space of point of care diagnostic testing. And we're, we're right now uh, playing with a device by Abbott called the ID Now. So it, g- mm-hmm. gives us, uh, it gives us your COVID result in about 15 minutes, uh, uh, real-time reporting essentially, which is uh, uh, super important. So hopefully we're going to see uh, these devices. They've just been Health Canada approved uh, in some community pharmacies and other healthcare settings. So we're able to test patients quicker get the results quicker because it's important. Uh, if you're waiting right now 48 hours, you may be positive, may not know. And we've seen this situation in Ottawa. Guys you know, went bar hopping, uh, and then by the time they get their uh, positive test result, they've shut down four bars, right? The, uh, the reality is, uh, what is the value of a quick positive test? In, in certain situations, it's quite valuable because we could get these people at home and isolated faster. So. I don't think it's very far away. Uh, we've just gotten Health Canada approval. Uh, there's going to be a demand on these machines globally, I imagine, but mm-hmm. uh, hopefully Canada gets its uh, fair share. Dr. Varley, as you graduated top of your class, University of Rome, uh, you, you, you know, became a diplomat with the American Board of Internal Medicine in Cleveland, Ohio. And you moved to Toronto, where you specialized in geriatric medicine at the University of Toronto. Um, you know, you, you spent your life studying geriatric illnesses. COVID-19, we are continually informed, or or more and more lately, that the effects of it may be longer lasting, especially among seniors, correct? Yes. um, We're getting to know more and more uh, about this virus. And uh, I I never uh, in my personal career have I seen um, uh, new uh, information coming along from different academic academic centers around the world where they're noticing uh, uh, new findings, um, new complications from this uh, virus, and uh, they affect all organs. Uh, To put it simply, um, they have a massive impact on our vascular system and on, on, on our blood, and uh, there is, there are elements of, uh, um, uh, because the blood affects every single organ, it's clear that organs will be sometimes irreversibly affected. There's been issues on uh, cognitive um, sequelae from, uh, from this infection, um, lung, obviously, but also liver and uh, kidney. Um, and so um, as this pandemic goes forward, mm-hmm. new publications, new evidence will surface and the medical community will continue to learn about this disease. But it's, uh, it, is a, it is a remarkable uh, virus, I have to say. Right. Wait. Jane, uh, you are the Secretary General of the International Federation of Aging. Now, this COVID-19 has set off alarm bells everywhere in every uh, area of, of modern medicine. How are you dealing with it at the at the Federation? Mm. Well, look, it's it's it, it's an important question, Gord. The ISA, whose headquarters is in Toronto, we inform the guidelines of WHO. So mm-hmm. we're in formal working relationships, World Health Organization, and the United Nations. And so one of our jobs is to inform um, the guidelines and also work with patient organizations in every country of the world. 
so that information gets to them so that they can then communicate it with patient groups and, and advocacy groups such as ourselves. So we're a channel and also we bring experts together across sectors and disciplines. So when we talk about vaccination, we'll have diabetologists and cardiologists at the table because they're at-risk groups. There's, so we work with the UNWHO and then at a country level. There's a certain level of confusion, though, Jane. I mean, you know, you keep hearing things about, well, the Centers for Disease Control, CDC, or WHO, the WHO, the World Health Organization, said this or they said that. And people are going, wait, what, what do we believe in here? Because, you know, you've got political influences being brought to bear on health agencies. So, so sure. what are you telling people? Yeah, I believe the science. Go to the science. Mm-hmm. You know, don't believe the politicians. Don't believe any politician. Go to the science. Good and advice. So the WHO guidelines are evidence-based guidelines. They're built on science. Um, and because, Gord, we've got to remember that vaccination, vaccines, is the most effective public health intervention, second only to safe and clean water. Right. So we have to believe the scientists. Fabio, you're a scientist. You've been a scientist all your life, I mean, with in terms of geri- geriatric medicine. So you probably get a little bit upset when you hear, you know, contravening opinions, you know, involving yeah. CDC and who. Yeah, this is a, a, a tough a situation because the community is listening to everybody. They're, they're listening to the authorities. They're listening to politicians. It's very unfortunate that this uh, topic is being politicized, uh, you know, uh, in some countries more than others. I I personally feel that our government is doing a pretty good job when we look at what's happening around the world. But this has to be that we need to follow our medical authorities. We need to be diligent and listening carefully You know, when you mentioned, you know, even a test, you know, when you go and get a test done and it's negative, that doesn't give you a sense of false reassurance of, you know, I'm fine, uh, therefore I could break any of the rules. The rules remain, social distancing, wearing the mask, washing your hands. Uh, You know, this does not change. You're lucky that you're negative, but you go back to the drawing board and living your life also without the fear, though, because you you need to feel empowered. Well, this is a thing. You know, this is what COVID-19 has done to our society, is it injected a high level of fear. Fear. We think we have to, you know, hunker down and sit in a room for the rest of our lives. I mean, stress is one of the biggest uh, negatives when it comes to the strength. And it affects the immune system. Absolutely. I was about to say that. And so, so the question is, rather than drowning in fear, simply be diligent that we're all going through this and one day this will be gone. The way to get through this in the best possible manner is to simply follow the rules be good, get good at it, and still live your lives with you know within the mm-hmm. the recommendations that are coming your way because life still goes on and uh, and just uh, just uh, just feel proud about how well you're listening to the medical experts. Good advice, John, Jane, and uh, Dr. Fabio Verlesi. Thank you so much for your input today. Uh, you know we've we've covered a lot of ground and and folks i hope you got some great advice and and follow the advice of scientists that's the best advice ever and if you have any doubt get online and go to myfluShot.ca. so dr fabio varlesi we covered a lot of ground today what what are some of the more pertinent points that we covered well i think that i would um, say number one 
vaccines, we must vaccinate this year more than ever. It's a yearly uh, necessity, uh, but this year more than ever, uh, vaccination for the flu uh, will definitely have a significant impact, not only on the health of individuals, but also the strain on the healthcare system. And there should be no question about the importance um, about vaccination and no doubts about uh, do I vaccinate or not, yeah. because uh, the medical community is very clear about that. The, the second uh, set of recommendations, I think, is all about lifestyle, because we know that um, chronic disease and poorly managed chronic conditions predispose to you know, getting sicker um, and the severity of disease is, is certainly worse uh, if your health is not in check. So really, truly focus on a healthy nutrition. Can't believe I'm saying the Canada Food Guide 2019 actually, for the very first time over many, many years, is a good recommendation. Um, basic physical activity. If you can't leave the home, get creative in the home. Um, you know, uh, dealing with the stress of the, uh, the pandemic is the toughest thing. We learn how to meditate, right. learn how to create a safe space for yourself. Um, great opportunity for this because there's a lot of home time going on. So get creative in, in, in managing your stress and being, becoming centered during these tough times. But last and not least is definitely pay attention almost on a daily basis of the medical authorities that are telling us what to do uh, uh, and remind us about the usual uh, social distancing, wearing the mask and washing hands. So protect yourself by getting the right information. Pay attention to the science. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, doctor. My pleasure. Questions about Aging Better can be emailed to info at agingbetter.ca or by visiting our website at agingbetter.ca. Aging Better in Uncertain Times, brought to you by Jewel 88.5, L'Oreal, Avicana, and Sanofi Pasteur, in part through an educational grant. Be sure to drop in for your next doctor's visit on Jewel 88.5, Sundays at 8.30 a.m. or at jewel885.com. Until next time, I'm Gord Martineau with Dr. Fabio Varlese, along with producers Dominic Shulo and David Sirsta. Be well and stay safe.